This is your Classical Break, your daily dose of classical music. I'm Tyler Alderson, and today we'll be listening to the second book of Brahms' Variations on a Theme by Paganini. Brahms was in many ways born to be a musician, and specifically a pianist. His father was a fairly successful working musician, and his brother also went into music. He showed promise at an early age, and while his father gave him his first lessons, he outgrew those quickly and was sent to a prestigious teacher. But while he was evidently a good performer, he also seems to have had his mind on writing. His teacher even complained about his, quote, non-stop composing, which he felt was hindering the young boy's playing. As I mentioned yesterday, Brahms didn't necessarily have the personality and showmanship of a top-flight performer, but he had the perfect temperament for composing. That includes a real studiousness, and Brahms' sets of variations show him as a composer who knew his history and the people who came before him. The composers whose themes he chose reflect a wide range of sounds, from Handel to Haydn to Schumann to Paganini, but the theme and variations form itself was also a recognition of his place in musical history. Brahms was talked up for much of his early career as the next Beethoven, the one who would take his legacy and carry it forward. And Brahms was keenly aware of that perception. He took over 20 years to finish his first symphony, in part because he wanted to write something worthy of being compared to Beethoven's monumental symphonies. And when he wrote his first piano concerto, he had it premiered by the same orchestra that had premiered Beethoven's fifth and final piano concerto, and was the soloist himself, just like Beethoven had been. Beethoven was also thought of as one of the masters of theme and variation writing for piano, And it's clear that Brahms studied his methods for writing variations. Rather than taking the melody as his base, Beethoven looked at the harmonic and phrase patterns of the theme he was varying. This gave him a much bigger box to play in while still maintaining the overall feel of the original melody. Brahms took this method to heart, and his later variations, including this one, are a direct result of studying Beethoven's techniques and then expanding on them, taking Beethoven's legacy and running with it. Brahms' disagreements with other prominent composers were also largely based on a sense of duty to the past. While some were breaking down and moving beyond the classical forms like the symphony, string quartet, or sonata, Brahms was refining them. For him, innovation wasn't leaving what the classical era had built behind. It was expanding on those concepts and structures, pushing them further while still remaining true to the form. Now, even though there are the same number of variations as the book we listened to yesterday, this set runs longer and feels a little more laid back in spots. There's also a bit less of an emphasis on technical fireworks, but it's still plenty challenging for any pianist. Many performers used to pick and choose different variations from both books to play, but it definitely feels like Brahms intended them to be played as he wrote them in the order he published them, something else that he shared with Beethoven. Here's Peter Bradley Fulgoni with the second book of Brahms' Variations on a Theme by Paganini.
another flashy finish to this set of variations. Even though Brahms wasn't a virtuoso showboat, he definitely knew that you had to go out with a bang. Thanks to Peter Bradley Fulgoni for putting this up on museopen.org. And thank you for listening. If you have the chance, please rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're getting it. I'm Tyler Alderson, and next week I'm going to be taking a break, and I'll join up with more great music the week after. I'll see you then.